it's me again. <laughs> no, I am not Brian. No, he's, gonna, he's not going to start singing, but I am really excited to be able to bring the message to you guys today. Um, if you've been here the last few weeks at all, you know we've been in this series, Come Thirsty. We learned about recognizing our thirst, about just as we have a physical thirst, we have a spiritual thirst that we need to recognize and allow God to fill. We talked about accepting his work, where in God's hands, a mistake can become a masterpiece. And then last week, we talked about relying on his energy, about accessing the power that God would give us if we would simply ask for it. It's been a really good series, and if you've missed any of these, I would definitely recommend that you go back and listen to them. Uh, And go on our website, click the sermon link, or jump over to the Connection Christian Church Sermon Podcast. But it's definitely been an awesome series so far. Today we're going to be talking about trusting God's lordship. And that's a big phrase. What, what are we talking about? What is that? Well, basically, God has a lot better plan for your life than you do. And he can accomplish it if you trust and allow him to do so. God has a direction for our lives. It's really easy to hide the fact, because we're new to the area, I've only been here a few months, that I am really, really, really bad at directions. And I know, like, you're going, oh, yeah, he's like you. Or, no, it's, it's a different thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm worse than you are. I've been lost. I've been lost in the mall. I've been lost in Mexico, and then another time in Mexico, and I got lost briefly in the woods yesterday. <laughs> Like, these things happen. <laughs> you could give me that, that Lamborghini that Brian was talking about last week. Thing goes 300 miles an hour. It's gorgeous. It fires right up. It's waxed. got the right air pressure in the tires and properly insured. Every single thing could be right. But without direction, without this little guy to put in the address, we're getting nowhere but lost. I have to have direction. And that's really what we're talking about. God can navigate where it is we need to go. And it's interesting because when we talk about this idea of God's lordship, it's really easy for us to give him certain things. The things maybe that are easy or the things that we think maybe are important enough for him to do. Let's say when it comes to our family, we say, yeah, God, I'm going to follow your example or I'm going to follow your direction when how I treat my kids or how I treat my spouse. But when it comes to my finances, now I'm going I'm to handle that one. Or maybe we are faithful. Maybe we look for his lordship in our finances, but then when it comes to work, no, that's, that's my thing. And I don't know. It, it may be because we honestly think he's too busy. We think it's not important enough. But God's lordship isn't just one piece of your life. God's lordship is your entire life. It's interesting. I thought I knew what was best. I may be eight or ten years old. I grew up in uh, Sherman, Texas, and if you don't know where that is, you basically go straight into the center of the sun, and that's Sherman, Texas. It's hot. It's it's one hot summer day, and I'm out there. We had this this fun little, like, purple plum tree. It was a non-fruiting plum tree, and uh, I I used to always play in it growing up, and one day I had this idea. I'm going to build a treehouse. I'm going to build a treehouse. Of course, I'm eight years old, so I have engineering knowledge, and this is obviously going to turn out well. So I start working on it. It could be like, I got a couple of pictures of some tree houses. I think in my head, it's something like this, right? It's something grand. It's something I can get away and read my books. No girls allowed, you know? So I start working on it. I found uh, some boards and some nails we had laying around in the yard from something. And I thought, yeah, rusty nails, that's good. You need nails when you're building. So I put those up there. I threw some, some bricks up there for some reason, too. And I worked. And then I stepped back. I looked up at my creation. And it fell on my head. But I learned something. I learned the word tetanus. <laughs> it was good. 
And we really need direction. Without direction, my greatest laid plans were nothing more than a great way to spend some emergency room money and scare my mom. We're going to look at a story in the Bible this morning of a guy who God had a plan for his life, but it didn't necessarily come easy. It didn't necessarily come how or when he would have chosen, but God had a plan for him. This is a guy named Joseph, and this is the story um, in Genesis. If you're not familiar with the Bible, if you're kind of new to this stuff, this is an awesome story to start with, to go back and read. It's basically, he gets sold into slavery by his brothers, and like we've all thought about this, if you have a sibling, anything like that, like... Yeah, there's, there's days you would. But it, like, it really happened to him. All joking aside, he got thrown in a pit. He got sold into slavery. He got accused of doing something that he didn't even do. Something where he did the right thing in a situation. And he got put in prison basically for the foreseeable future for this. Things weren't going well. But, spoiler, it all turns out well. He ends up saving a nation of people from famine. So it turns out well. Today we're going to look at just one piece of this story. And we're going to look at uh, Joseph in the prison. Let's go to the story. He took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. That phrase really stuck out to me. And there he remained. I think we all, if we're honest, it, probably right now are remaining in something, or at least at some point in our lives we have. Maybe we're working towards something. We're remaining in that financial problem that we just quite haven't gotten figured out. We're working really hard, but we just can't get ourselves out of the hole. Or maybe we're really, really trying to get along with our spouse, but it's just not working. I think we've all been there. I think we've all remained in something. But the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden, but the Lord was with Joseph. And I, there's something we can really learn about this. It's that we're never out of God's sight. It can be really frustrating when things happen that we think we don't deserve, when things happen in our lives that we, we feel like we didn't cause. But no matter what, we're still never out of God's sight, whatever that situation is that we're in. And there's another side to this, too. I think we can all step back and admit that sometimes we're in prison because we put ourselves there, right? There's, there's times that we're in the storm because we saw the forecast and we ran full steam ahead to the boat. But even then, even when it's our fault, no matter what it is, we're never out of God's sight. And at times we all do this. I've done the same thing. I mean, I've been everything under the sun. I've been a landscaper, a tattoo artist, a construction worker, briefly an electrician, a salesman, etc., etc., etc. And none of these are bad things, right? None of these are bad things if we're doing what it is God wants us to do. We can be faithful in whatever our profession is. We can be faithful in whatever we do. But even when we're running away from God, we're never out of his sight. I was never out of his sight. There's another story in the Bible about a man named Jonah. And if you're, again, if you're new to the Bible, that's a great one to go back and look at how God's deliverance can work, even when you're running away from God. Now, this, you're never out of his sight. This kind of brings into your head. He knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you are awake. He knows when you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. Nope. That's Santa. That is not Jesus. The Lord watches over you not to catch you messing up, but so that when we decide to get with the program, he'll be there. I think that's the second thing we can learn from this, is that we're never without God's plan. Back to the story. Sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. 
Pharaoh became angry with these two officials, and he put them into prison where Joseph was, in the palace of the captain of the guard. They remained in prison for quite some time, and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, who looked after them. While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night, and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today? He asked them. And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph replied. Go ahead and tell me your dreams. I think what's cool about this is that Joseph was willing to participate in the plan. He took notice when the baker and the cupbearer were downcast, and he took that chance to help interpret what it was God that was trying to tell them. He didn't have to. I mean, he's in prison. This isn't the kind of prison where they go, yeah, six months, good behavior, you're out, you get to work out every day. And No, you're gone. Like, you're away. This is the prison where you get put to go away. He has no reason to have hope. But still, he's willing to be a part of God's plan and to interpret these dreams for these guys. It makes you wonder, are we really willing to participate in his plan? When we decide to get with the program, God is going to be there, but we have to look for these opportunities and be willing to participate in his plan. It says in Psalm 32, you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Sounds nice. But we have to remember here that we're talking about God's plan. This isn't our plan. We're not saying, God, I would like you to do everything that I think. We're saying, God, I'm willing to do whatever it is you want to do in my life. And I learned this the hard way. So I finally decided to get with the program. I've got my first ministry job at this church up in Indiana, and I'm terrified. Like, if you've ever started a new job or if you've ever changed fields, I mean, it's terrifying. You feel underqualified. I felt under spiritual. I just knew that things weren't, weren't going to go well, that I wasn't good enough for it. But I knew it was God's direction. But it gets worse. So I go to my last interview with the guy. He's the global arts director. This guy's been my mentor uh, for a long time. And um, I find out that, yes, you got the job. And I'm leaving. Oh, okay, good. So not only did I have to do all those things that I planned on doing that I was terrified and I felt underqualified for, now, the global arts director is gone, and it's me and one other guy running three campuses for seven services. Yeah, that's not how I planned. <laughs> and there was a lot of times that I questioned. There was times that I went, God, no, 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 I'm doing it now. I'm doing the thing you wanted me to do. I'm doing it. But it didn't work out exactly like I wanted. Luckily, I have a wife, uh, like probably all of you in this room, who's much smarter than me, who was very sensitive to God's plan and God's timing uh, and really helped me with that. So, we'll go back to the story. Genesis 40, Pharaoh's birthday came three days later, and he prepared a banquet for all his officials and staff. He summoned his chief cupbearer and chief baker to join the other officials. Then he restored the chief cupbearer to his former position so he could again hand Pharaoh his cup. But Pharaoh impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted the dream. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Thanks, dude. Genesis 41, jump to the next chapter. Two full years later. Oh boy. So he had to spend two more years in prison. So at this point in the story, we've got quite some time. 
and then two more years. That doesn't sound fun. That doesn't sound like what Joseph would have wanted. I think we can learn something from this. It's not always how we want, and it's not always going to be when we want. Getting with the program doesn't always mean things are going to work out when you want. He followed God's plan, and he still waited two more years. And this is what it really comes down to when we, talking, we talk about trusting his lordship. Because if everything was really easy, if we said, okay, God, uh, I would like you to tell me what to do. And he said, yes, this, and you get to do it right now. There'd be no trust. This is really what it comes down to. And I think this really applies to us as a church right now. You guys have been in a period of waiting for a long time, of waiting and trusting his lordship, of putting in sweat and time and tears and lost sleep, and been working really, really hard to get to somewhere. And God's showing that he's good, that he does have a plan for our church, and he does have a plan for our lives, and it's coming to fruition. But it's not over. This is something that we need to be able to live in all the time, because over the next few months and the next few years, there are still going to be times that we need to rely on him, that we need to trust his lordship for what's happening. So back to the story. At this point, Pharaoh has a dream that he doesn't understand and that the baker finally has like a, oh man, moment where he goes, yes, there's this dude who can interpret dreams. He's really good at it. Sorry, I forgot. It was a couple years ago. And uh, he, he goes and gets Joseph to interpret it. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night and no one here can tell me what it means, but I have heard that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. It's beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. Once again, he listens to God's direction. He doesn't complain. He doesn't say, I've been in there for two years. He doesn't have anything, you know, he's just there and he says, God, I'm going to do what it is you want me to do. I'm going to be a part of your plan and I'm going to interpret this dream. And because he's faithful, things start to pay off. So Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. Can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or as wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court and all my people will take orders from you. Only I sitting on my throne will have a rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Worked out well. It wasn't necessarily when he wanted, but it worked out well. I think what we can learn from this is that you are never beyond God's deliverance. It doesn't matter what the prison is. It doesn't matter how we got there. You're never beyond God's deliverance. And if you remember nothing else from what I say today, I think the point really is that there's probably something we're not giving to God all the way. We talked about that easy stuff to give to God or the stuff that looks obvious on the outside that we give to God. But I really think if we're honest, there's something that we're not giving to God. There's something that we're holding back that's keeping him from having that lordship and that deliverance in our lives. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. If we seek his plan wholeheartedly, he will, he will be good to us. And this isn't an empty promise. For some of us in here, we may need to be reminded, and if you're, if you're new to this whole church thing, this isn't just anybody promising this. This is 
the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the most powerful person who ever was, who ever is, and who ever will be. We all know there's, there's two times a year that, that people uh, come to church, right? We've got Christmas, Christmas and Easter. We've got the Christers. It's the only time they come. It's easy for us to separate these two ideas. Uh, we've got Christmas with little baby Jesus, and we've got Easter where Jesus died on the cross. But I think it's important through all the Santa Claus and carols and presents and lights and trees through Christmas to remember why it is that God came in the first place. God came to earth so that he could die and rise again and have victory over everything and over your thing, over whatever that thing is in your life. We have a God that's more powerful than anyone who ever was. There's a great preacher, S.M. Lockridge, uh, who puts this in a way that, because <laughs> you'll see in a minute, I could not possibly match. I'd love to end now. And as we watch this video with, uh, with how he explains the power of our God, I want you to think about what is that thing, God? And if this is a completely new idea to you, just think about what that would mean to have someone have lordship over your life. Someone more powerful that can take you where it is you need to go and has a great plan for your life. If that's you today, come talk to me. Come talk to Brian. Talk to Aaron, our children's minister, any of our elders. A lot of people here would love to talk to you about what that could look like. Let's watch this together now.